You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back for our final segment of Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross with you, joined by Father Jason Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo. Thank you for taking this time and making us a part of your morning. And uh, as I mentioned, as we were premiering this, or we were teasing the final segment today, we love to hear first-person testimonials of people's pilgrimage and their journey in the faith. And we are pleased to have with us live in studio, Todd Morgan. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hey guys, golf, golf claps all around. Okay, <laughs> so um, this, this is Father Lever speaking, and uh, the um, I've had the absolute privilege of getting to know Todd and to meet him, and it's been a privilege and inspiration. And uh, yeah, so Todd, could you just introduce yourself in a general way to our our, our listeners so they get kind of an idea where you're from, who you are, and your your kind of background in life? Yeah, so obviously I'm Todd Morgan. I um I was born and raised in Grafton, grew up in the family print shop, um, went away for a little bit, came back, spent my adult life, most of my adult life working for my family at the same print shop I grew up in. You know, a lot of people can relate to uh, to the family farm and growing up on the family farm, and, and it was kind of the same way, except it was a family print shop, and we worked before school and after school and what, evenings. What, what, what do you think would be harder? Uh, Milking the cows? <laughs> growing, growing up on a dairy farm, growing up in a restaurant, or growing up in Morgan Printing? What would be more difficult? Well, I can't speak to the other two, but growing up in the print shop was actually pretty fun. It was. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Right. So, what, like, kind of, gr- give us give us an idea of what, 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 are you actually out there getting ink all over your fingers and stuff or whatever? What, what does it mean that you're, you helped out with the print business and stuff as a, growing up? What does that look like? Well, what I, I um I pestered my grandfather to uh, give me a job. So at about third grade, he gave me a job, and my job was to um, sweep the floors and dump the waste paper baskets and uh, clean the bathrooms. So every day after school, I would go up to the shop and I would empty the waste paper baskets and and uh, talk to people and visit people around the office and and uh, and and in the print shop, it's kind of interesting because you have uh, real hard working. You know, um, people that are getting inky and dirty in the back shop, and then the front shop, you have people that are well dressed, and you have people working in <laughs> offices that are writing articles and just dumping their their waste paper baskets. I can remember dumping the waste paper baskets of uh, sports editors and different things, and seeing the papers and the stuff that they would throw away, and I'd I'd read through it and gleam through it and stuff, and. So now, was the Morgan Printing? Did you always have the Walsh County Register, or is is that a separate entity, or the, you together? How yeah, does, how the Walsh County Record was always uh, that was the my great grandfather Riley Morgan bought the newspaper in 1923. So we're, we're hundred years of family ownership here. Great, and um, that's where that's where the record came in. But everybody in my family, from my great grandfather to my grandfather to uh, my uncle, who's now the president of the company, always referred to themselves as printers. And um, mm-hmm. but we always—that's what great grandfather was trained in, and that was my grandfather's passion, and that was my uncle—is my uncle's passion. But um, my passion has always been kind of on the newspaper side of it. I've always grew up, you know 
enjoying the newspaper and knowing one, the editors. Yeah. And the one thing I'm curious about, in those earliest days, you know, in the Walsh County record, were it, was any of the content in either Polish or Czech, or was it always just an English uh, language? It was uh, always always English language, and, uh, and it was a Republican newspaper. But um, as far as anything goes like that, um, no, it wasn't any Norwegian or Czech or Polish, but definitely okay. a Republican newspaper. So the Morgan, the Morgan, what kind of a nationality background is Morgan? That would been that would be Welsh. Okay, and and do you have any ties in the old country that? You no, none, no, like none at all. Really, um, only thing I really know is uh, my great grandfather came from Kansas. I want to say it's Cherryvale, Kansas. And uh, he kind of worked his way. He w- he grew up in a print shop too, or worked in a print shop. And back then it was raised letters and lead, so he was able to read things upside down and backwards. And right, that was a skill that when it was a lot more mechanical not, and not digital. Not, not a job for somebody with dyslexia, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, or maybe maybe that <laughs> would be. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so then, okay, so did then your interest in the more newspaper side? Did you go off then to college for journalism or print stuff or whatever? Or was that part of your thing or what? what well, happened there? Yeah, there's an interesting story there. So I went to uh, I, I went to school at NDSU. I started out at NDSU. And uh, I was studying uh, political science and history because uh, one of the things I really, and to this very day, I still like to do is uh, read and write. And uh, so there was a lot of reading and writing in those things, and I really enjoyed it. And but I remember sitting with my grandfather at, at his kitchen table, and we were talking about it, and I was telling him about it, and political action committees and different things I'd learned, how they built the Metrodome and all that. I was, like, trying to... You know, engage him in these conversations, and he was like, "Well, what are you going to do with that?" I said, "I don't know." He goes, "Well, there's a print shop down in uh, Brookings, South Dakota. Maybe you'd be interested in going and studying printing management." He's like, "Yeah, I don't know." He goes, "I'll pay for it." And I was like, "Well, yeah, that kind of <laughs> that kind of got me going in that direction, but it wasn't." Uh, I didn't enjoy my time. Looking back on it, I wish I would have stayed at NDSU and studied, uh, stuck with my original intent. But did that then lead you to come back to the family business? Uh, yeah, it, it led me, yeah, it did. It did come, let me to come back to the family business. Uh, what had ended up happening was, uh, tell you the truth, it ended up happening. I had a lot of free time on my hand when I was at SDSU because the, the classes I was taking were, um, were printing classes and, I had to tell a quick story. One of the first days I was at um, in my bindery class, bindery 101, and of course I didn't know anybody in Brookings, South Dakota. And uh, the instructor was telling us this, it was explaining to us a folding machine, a machine that folded paper, and he was telling us this is a folding machine. And I poked the guy next to me. I said, yeah, no kidding, this is a folding machine. And my instructor said, well, yeah, you, Mr. Wise Guy, maybe you'd like to... Uh, <laughs> demonstrate to the class how this machine works. I said, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. So okay. And so I looked around and I found some blank stock and I put it in the folder and I um, proceeded to do a simple half fold. It's basically a 90 degree right angle and everything squares up. And so I got it going and I fired off a few few of that and made sure everything was on, looked good. And I showed it to him. I said, how's that? He goes, I take it this isn't the first time you've been in a print shop. I said, no, my grandfather taught me how to run one of these when I was about 12. 
<laughs> so that was kind of our relationship, and it didn't really go very well. And so, with with apologies to our <laughs> listeners in Real Presence Radio who are Jackrabbit fans here. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, I you know, the people were great and everything, and like all the journalists were upstairs in this building, and the printers were on the main floor, and I was like, you know. I should be up there showing those guys or telling those guys how to do their job. <laughs> so we're about to jump into, we're visiting here with Todd Morgan and his conversion story, but about to jump into the whole spiritual side of things, but just one one last kind of question in that printing side. Do you, do you see a future for printed newspapers and stuff? What, what, is it going to go the way of Telegraph or will we always need the, the printed medium? How do, how do you kind of... I don't know if you're a prophet or not, or but how, what's your sense of it? Well, that? I'm certainly not a prophet, but I, I was watching a show the other day and, on ancient Rome, and even, you know, the Romans had this thing where they do, th- and I'm not exactly sure how they did it, but they uh, they'd have things in wax, and they'd make people sign for things, and then they'd later go on and they'd make it into stone so they'd have a copy of it. And, they, you know, people are always going to need a, a copy, a hard copy of something, whether it's... You a know, family seal or... Yeah. Or, yeah, or whether it's lawyers or things in the courts. There's things about touching paper and having signed documents that, you know, it's all going to go digital. And it's like, well, I, I will ask you guys, it's like... Would you want everything that you possibly owned on paper to be in the digital format? Sacramental registers. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but good point. We are in the midst of a transformation. But printing, as far absolutely. as inks and, and offset printing and printing presses, I remember, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say, you know, 12, 12 printing presses at one time at the, at the record, maybe 16, and now we have very few. Yeah. You exactly. know, it's uh, you right. know a lot of it. A lot of things that are printed. We do a lot of printing for uh, RPR radio, yeah. and it is uh, you know, and it's all done on photocopiers. And so let's uh, let, let's head off now. We got a, maybe about three minutes here before our next break. Could you could you introduce us then to your your spiritual awakening, or when when does it, like is there is there Catholic faith in your family background? Or were you were you raised or baptized or anything like this? Can you introduce us to your your journey here to the to the to the Lord. How how does this go in your life? Well, the Morgan family were Presbyterians, and uh, I grew up in Grafton in the Methodist Presbyterian Church in town. And um, and my dad wasn't like his dad, and weren't very religious guys. Who weren't very religious men. My father actually was brought up Catholic, and uh, he was an altar boy and. Um, and he still goes to, he's one of those Catholics that goes to church uh, Christmas and Easter. But um, one, one of my things, my dad, my senior privilege was I didn't have to go to Sunday school anymore. So I had to go to Sunday school until I was a junior in high school. And, you know, I always had, I had a very good spiritual upbringing. And like most Protestants, you know, you learn the Bible and the order of the Bible, and you know, they, of course, they didn't tell you who actually wrote the Bible or <coughs> why it's in that order. You know, right. but uh, yeah, so I had a good background on that, and uh, so, and I had people in my family. Like when I grew up in that family print shop. I worked with my aunts and my uncles, and and uh, they were all Catholic. And when I was over at my grandma and grandpa's, you know, when it was time to go to mass, I happened to be over there. You know, so. Mass was something that wasn't foreign to me. I always, I, I knew what mass was, and and I never looked at it as some kind of cult or some something that was strange or or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, I was. And my grandmother Morgan, who was a very devout Catholic, who went to daily mass. You know, she was always concerned about, um, 
you know, just going to church, you know, go to church, <laughs> you know, that's, I remember her saying that to me all the time, you know. So at, at what point in your journey do you become intentionally Christian, where, where you're like, you wake up in an adult kind of a way to say, well, who is this Christ, who's this Lord, what's this worship about? Is there a key moment where all of a sudden you say, maybe I need to tune in or take responsibility for this? Oh, yeah, I, I guess it was when I was in, um, I was, uh, I ended up getting on the church board of the church I grew up in, in the Federated Church, Methodist Presbyterian Church, and and uh, we might have to get into this a little bit after the break, right. but there was, a, there, was a, there was a time there where I looked around and there was like 14, 15 people at, at church, and I was like, and, and I was, at the time I was a Mason, and we were going through this process of closing the Masonic Lodge, and and that was just a miserable experience, and I didn't want to be around to, f- for the closing of the of the church. I could see the handwriting, like Ebuchadnezzar. I could see the handwriting <laughs> on the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, we'll pick this up uh, on the other side of the break. We are visiting with uh, Todd Morgan, and uh, how's that for a cliffhanger? Is we are going to be continuing on in his uh, story and his uh, uh, entering into the church. So uh, please stay with us. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Many times every day in our office, I see children whose eyes don't work the way we take for granted. If the eyes aren't working together as a team, aren't jumping back and forth appropriately, or aren't focusing correctly, children will fall behind in academic and athletic performance. Lumen Vision specializes in treating these eye movement issues through a process called vision therapy. You can learn more about vision therapy on our website, www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have in our Holy Church is that we have a Holy Mother, Jesus' Mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ as our brother, then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her Son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my Son. Come to Jesus Christ. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us on Real Presence Live. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer as we were visiting with Todd Morgan, who is uh, part of a uh, long-standing printing business, uh, about 100 years in the family. In fact, I'm holding in my hands a um, postcard that I received in the mail here this week uh, promoting the local banquet that's going to be happening in Fargo and yes this is indeed the handiwork of of that company so before we get back in discussion I was just asked to something to just uh, elaborate on something uh, during the break regarding the nature of the question that father had asked right before we got o- before we uh, departed Oh, you're referring to being leffered? Yes, yes. Could oh, please yeah. explain that term? Oh, yeah, for us. yeah. No, no. My history, my, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a person. I'm a very intense personality. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed this about me, but uh, you know, especially it, this came when I was a pastor at the Newman Center, where the the students would always say, "Oh, you just got leffered," you know, and it was like where they're just standing around having a casual something, and I just we go really deep, or you know, they really should be studying, but instead I get them going off to some place like Wendy's or to Perkins and we have this deep intense discussion about Christ until two in the morning you know and they have a test the next morning it's called being leffered so mm-hmm. right before the break you know we have 30 seconds before break right right launch into this five minute long I, 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 I asked Todd Morgan the you know the deepest question of all things he's like he's, like, he's looking at me desperately how do you answer that in 10 seconds well you don't and on, on that happy note <laughs> if you could please pick up you, you were talking about the experience of the um uh, church that you had been involved in with the dwindling numbers, and what kinds of questions were arising in your heart at that point in your life? Well, um, going back to closing our, our Sonic Lodge in town, um, so there's it was a lot of antique furniture and different things, and and people who had never been associated with the lodge before, and I just I was like like they call it you know like the grand master, and and so I was kind of in charge of a lot of that and people he, he'd never had moved away and he'd never had any contact with they wanted chairs and they wanted this out of the lodge and they wanted that and and it was uh you know it was just a real hard experience for me um and and that came about just because some guy walked into my office at the record and asked if we'd be willing to sell it and it was having roof damages and we couldn't make repairs and we were having a hard time heating it and and uh so yeah, so I went through that whole process, and then I was sitting in church one Sunday, looking around at in the Federated Church, and I was looking around. I started counting people, and you know, and I was like, "Wow," you know, and I was on the church board, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to be here when they close this. I'm not going through another experience like that again." So right there, it, it, it had dawned on me that, and I knew I didn't want to become Lutheran, you know, not for anything against. Lutherans or anything, but I wanted a church that had a foundation and had a stability and and had a tradition and had lots of members and you know and uh, so I was uh, so I kind of made up my mind right then and there if it was ever a chance for me to become Catholic that that was the direction I was going to go in. And at at this point, this is when you know it's amazing how God always uses for the male species women. You know, like even in my life, you know, women are involved, and attraction to them actually draws me to seminary. Which, how does that work? But I think there's some kind of story here about doesn't uh, is isn't it the 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 attraction of a woman that leads you to take classes to become Catholic? 
Yeah, I, and in the meantime, I had taken a, a sabbatical, I guess you would call it, from, from the newspaper business. I'd been editor for 15 years. I was sports editor five years before that, and I was burned out, and I, and I, uh, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, so they asked me, it's like, oh, you want more money? I said, no, and my uncle came in to talk to me, and I said, no, John. I said, it's not about the money. I said, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. So I took this job, and it's actually it was I was working as the chamber director in Grafton. I was on the same block as the paper, if you can imagine that. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. so I had this new job, and I had a lot more free time, and I kind of still could kind of come and go as I wanted. And I had this girlfriend at the time who had moved to Fargo, and she'd uh, found some the miraculous metal or something over at the Buffalo River State Park, and she called me up one day, and she was kind of all kind of in a frant frantic kind of state of mind and she said I'm going to take RCIA classes I'm going to join the Catholic Church and you can come help come along with me and be a part of this but you don't have to because I'm doing it anyway and I said well yeah <laughs> sure I said yeah that'd be so there's there my opportunity go. there's my in you so, know, so, here, I, I so I'm guessing you you just went down the block to the local church to go take these classes right no, I, I went to uh, the <laughs> cathedral in Fargo um, twice a week. Yeah, how, how far of a trip is that? About 125 <laughs> miles straight down I-29. It's right. amazing what women will get you to do. Yeah, honestly. yeah. I never ended up marrying that, that woman, by the way. I actually ended up marrying a Methodist Presbyterian girl, <laughs> you know. Who once asked me when we were going out, she asked me, she said, would you ever consider going back to being Methodist and Presbyterian? And I just looked at her and... And as honestly and, and, you know, carefully as I could, and I said, you know, Mary, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And uh, she never asked me about it again. And So you, you know. met Mary Hanbury down at the cathedral. Yeah. You came upon her wonderful classes. That she yeah, and I still, and, you know, you can marry, if anybody doesn't know her, she's always pretty much monthly now. She's been in the New Earth, and she always has a column or an article in there, and it's very Sacred informative. Sacred art, yes. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. And, and she's, she's leading a pilgrimage to Rome here, I think, this fall, if anybody's interested as well. Right, yeah, right. so she was very, uh, that was very good. RCI class, that was where I really, um, mm -hmm. really got into a Catholicism, yeah. and, uh, and the plug... Uh, RPR radio too. So mm -hmm. Thursday nights I would drive back, drive back to Grafton, and uh, so I'd always pick up Catholic radio. And I think it's 1080 in Fargo. I'm not sure. I 1280. 1280. Yep. And then you know, and then I would pick up 1370 when I got cl further north in the valley. And uh, so yeah, so I had a lot of time to drive time and listen to Catholic radio and it was very instrumental in me and that yeah. was like that's kind of like where I was on fire for the church and Fantastic. Well, we just have a few seconds left. One observation I wanted to make here, uh, in the midst of your story, Father Leffer had mentioned a moment ago, you know, about about um, the goodness and the providence of God providing, you know, the grace that we need. When you talk about, you know, the um, the, the the animosity in Freemasonry toward, you know, Catholicism and uh, being, you know, d delivered from that background, I mean, that's I mean, that's a particularly powerful sort of witness that you know a lot of people may not realize they see you know the the various masonic lodges as kind of nondescript things you know within their communities yeah. but uh yeah there's we don't have time today but todd and i have had all kinds of conversations about like that background about 
the, the Masonic background and the Catholic background. And it's interesting how God took that natural desire and he blessed it and he drew it into a fullness of faith. Fantastic, yes. And so you were a member of uh, St. John the Evangelist in Grafton, is it? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Father Lepper, or Father Epler, he's a uh, very good priest. Yes. Good conservative guy. Very good. So well, thank you very much, Todd, for uh, taking the time to share your story and be assured of our prayers on behalf of the Real Presence Radio community for, for you and what the future has in store for you. Thank very you. good. All right, so we'll turn things over to the, uh, the new Command Central in Fargo, where Aaron will give us a preview of our next show. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your host, will, your host will be Tim Moser, live from our Fargo studio. His guests will include Dr. Christopher DeCock and Father Dale Kinsler, who will speak about health care and the role of the church and the clergy in it. Then we will hear from Jennifer Anderson from Redeeming Grace Counseling, which offers counseling from a Catholic perspective for individuals, couples, and families. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you very much, Aaron. Yeah, and Father Gross, I'd like to shamelessly plug a couple of retreats coming up here. Plug away. So, uh, MaryvaleND.org, MaryvaleND.org. You can go on the website, and uh, uh, 1st through 3rd of February, our last men's retreat in the series of the four. Everybody's welcome. You don't have to have gone to the earlier ones. Uh, MaryvaleND.org. That's going to be February 1st through the 3rd. Again, we had just an awesome last retreat, and, and this one will be great, too. It's the, the Beloved Father. So doesn't necessarily mean you're a physical father, but uh, it has to do with your spiritual identity. And and, and, and then we're going to start up a series for women, and that's going to start on uh, February uh, 15th through the 17th. will be the first uh, women's retreat that we do, and again, that's at maryvillend.org. A Thursday to Saturday Thursday format. Thursday to Saturday format, and it, it starts with beloved daughter, goes to beloved sister, beloved spouse or wife, beloved mother as well. We'll go through the series with the, with the women, and that's maryvillend.org. Fantastic. There are a number of different events that they are hosting. I know that there's going to be, I'll like to plug, I'm going to be the presenting team priest for the Worldwide Marriage Encounter, which will be happening in late March uh, and Palm Sunday weekend, which will be hosted at the Maryvale Retreat Center, which is just a couple of miles north of Valley City uh, in a beautiful setting along the Cheyenne River, and so especially those with in the Diocese of Fargo. If you've never been there, it's a great opportunity to see that place. And can you remind everybody about the banquets coming up? Yes. Well? Uh, the Fargo banquet is going to be on Monday, February 26th um, at uh, Delta Hotels by Marriott, which is just off of uh, 42nd Street, south of 13th Avenue South in Fargo. For the complete list of other upcoming banquets, you can go to realpresenceradio.com. They'll give you an update on all of that information. Also, I just invite you to join us in prayer for the pilgrims who are making their way to the March for Life taking place tomorrow in Washington, D.C. We still need to be advocates for a culture of life in our country, as well as the events out in the West Coast, the One Life uh, Rally in uh, Los Angeles, as well as the Walk for Life West Coast in uh, the belly of the beast downtown San Francisco. So um, we're very grateful for their witness, and we pray that a lot of hearts may continue to be touched by that witness to the gospel of life and a civilization of love. Thank you for listening. Until this next time, Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. 
Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.